Welcome to Triggered Wrestling. It's your boy, Brian. We just got finished watching AEW Grand Slam, where we counted one and two new champions crowned. We got to see MJF retain against El Samoa Joe and much, much more, including the return of The Rock to the WWE. So stay tuned for all that and more on this episode of Triggered Wrestling. Triggered Wrestling is so awesome all the way around. That gets me triggered. Ooh, okay. Well, let's go with the bad trigger right now. See, I'm a, I'm a fan of all of it will force you to watch Trigger Wrestling. What's up, Triggerinos? What's up, Adrian? How you doing? Good, man. Good, man. What a fucking time to be a, a wrestling fan right now, man. We have championships being retained, new champions. We have stores being built up in WWE, NXT. The Rock just came back. Damn, this is so fucking great to be a wrestling fan again. I'm so happy. And I'm happy as well to be involved in all these wrestling happenings going on. So let's just jump right up into it. Let's get into AEW Dynamite first. The show starts off with a storyline that's been brewing for many, many, many years, possibly more than 10. So we have Cesaro, a.k.a. Claudio Castanoli versus Eddie Kingston for the, the double champ here. We've got the New Japan Strong Open Weight Championship and the Ring of Honor World Championship. And I just want to say that this was a good match and we finally get to see someone no sell those stupid fucking machine gun chops. <laughs> I don't know who's that someone. Fucking Cesaro, bro. Oh. <laughs> he no sold the fuck out of those. Finally, somebody's got the balls and being like, yo, these little slaps, they don't do shit to me, bro. And then he, and then he got like chopped in the throat afterwards. But he did <laughs> no sell them. And I'm happy because those fucking machine gun chops are the shits. Adrian, what do you want to say about this match? Oh, this match was fucking great, man. Fucking. This feud has been brewing all the way back from Chikara. Eddie Kingston has been holding a grudge because Claudio Castanelli did not put him over. They also showed a recap when these two faced off in Ring of Honor and Eddie Kingston did not win the Ring of Honor Championship back then. But in this episode of AEW Grand Slam in 2023, Eddie Kingston became the newly crowned Ring of Honor World heavyweight champion and i'm fucking excited the crowd is excited no pipe nose inserted here all natural by all the souls in attendance probably around like what eight nine k probably five around there i'm not sure eight nine k probably five (laughs) (laughs) no because here's the thing like obviously there were poorly ticket sales and then there was reports of like oh aw did a boost of a thousand ticket sales after the what buy one get one offer free so I wasn't really checking the ticket sales after like what? Oh, they were, huh? They did, There yeah. was that, the whole buy one, get one free tickets on AEW. And those tickets are already cheap. They're like 20 bucks. I know they're coming here to Stockton, California, bro. The home of the Diaz brothers. But um, I mean, we live in Sacramento. I mean, for 20 bucks, that sounds like a steal. But I just don't want to drive out there just to find out that the main events, Wheeler Yuta and fucking Daniel Garcia. Yeah, it's a 30 minute drive and it's Stockton too. And it's a weekday. Uh, You have kids as well. You have work the next day. Your boy as well. But yeah, man. Great fucking match. Eddie Kingston, Claudio Castanoli, you deserve my respects. It was a great match from bell to bell. The crowd went wild. This is what I'm talking about, man. The good guys won here. Eddie Kingston, newly crowned champion. I loved it. So after that match, we get a promo. We're going to see Christian Cage and Luchasaurus versus each other versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship in a three-way, and Sting is not going to be allowed in that match. 
Adrian, anything you got to say about that? Seems to me like the self-proclaimed TNT champion is calling the shots here. Yeah, he demanded another another rematch. Uh, kept stuttering over his words because Christian Cage kept calling himself the TNT champion, but kept correcting himself as well too. Because let's not forget, it is Luchasaurus TNT title. Just so happens that Christian Cage is the self-proclaimed TNT title and is calling the shots. But yeah, this is gonna be a handicap match. <laughs> so it's a it's a triple threat, bro. Yeah, get yeah. that right. <laughs> yeah, triple threat handicap match as I was going with this. I've seen this numerous times. Could it work in Christian Kate's favor? I don't know. One of the handicap triple threat matches that comes to mind um, is Booker T and Shane O'Mac versus The Rock for the WCW Championship triple threat, but it was a handicap match. Who knows? It could go either way. Luchasaurus can retain. Christian Cage can finally win the TNT Championship or... Darby Allen can be the newly crowned TNT champion. I don't know. We'll just have to find out and see on AEW's Collision. And after that, we get the future of the business. Chris Jericho beating Samuel Guevara in this match of who is going to be the face that runs the place for the next decade of AEW, bro. Chris Jericho takes the W and then gets turned on by Sammy Guevara and none other than Don Callis. Adrian, what do you got to say? Was this match for the future of the of the business? Yeah, bro. You got to love that uh, the future of the business, Chris Jericho beating Samuel Guevara. Mm. Then Don Callis showed up. Turns out that he was actually after Sammy Guevara or got in Sammy Guevara's ear. And maybe a story is brewing? I don't know. I mean, people like stories. When a story is being built in front of their faces... They ignored it and say something else. Chris Jericho, the young up-and-coming lion heart, takes the win over Sammy Guevara. I'm, I'm going to skip to something further up ahead. Then uh, we see Sammy Guevara walking with Don Callis in the background, and they are stopped by Daniel Garcia, so we're probably going to see them fight each other soon as well. Probably. Don Callis did compliment Danny Garcia as well, so who knows? I mean, Danny Garcia is one of the people that left Chris Jericho when they were doing the whole family segment on Dynamite a few months back. So, is Daniel Garcia basically going to say that, oh, why would he betray Jericho when he walked away from Jericho? I don't know. Another story being brewed here. Who knows? Moving on, we get John Moxley versus Ray Phoenix for the AEW International Championship. And if you were to ask me who I thought was going to win, I would say John Moxley. Was he supposed to lose this match? Who knows? But we get a surprise win here, at least to me. Ray Phoenix comes out as the new AEW International Champion. And I feel like all that is ruined because the ref didn't do his job properly. Sure, they say that John Moxley got a concussion at some point during the match, but the rest stopped counting. And I, I mean, I remember just looking at the TV screen and you can clearly see John Moxley tell him, you fucked up or you fuck off or fuck you because he ruined the ending. Yeah, no, the winner was obviously going to be Ray Phoenix. Um, If it wasn't going to be Phoenix, then Rick Knox would have had an excuse for not counting one, two, three. But as we see right here, Moxley did not kick out. So the rifle winner is Phoenix. It did get ruined by Rick Knox. A lot of people on social media, mainly Twitter X, were saying that Rick Knox was checking up on Moxley because it looks like he landed wrong that's not me saying that's the fans i don't know if they're making up excuses for the botch but it was a botch from rick knox does this take away from his championship win i think so but i'm still happy ray phoenix won i predicted it earlier on the day i made a post on facebook it'd be dope for ray phoenix to win and guess what my guy he won AEW now has three Triple Crown champions in AEW, the first one being Kenny Omega, and now Ray Phoenix. Triple Crown champion? What does that mean? They won championship three different times. Wait up, so hold on a second. 
time out, time out. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm about to expose you. So, Ree Phoenix has never won the world championship. So, how can he be the triple crown? He's won the trios and the tag team championship. Oh, so as long as it's three champions, it doesn't matter that he... Okay, that's stupid. <laughs> At least in WWE, it's like the Grand Slam where he won all the titles, like the world, the tag, and the Intercontinental in, in the United States. Which is why it's not called Grand Slam. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving on, we get to see Soraya versus Tony Storm. Adrian, get into this match because I know Caitlyn is a big fan of Tony Storm and her new gimmick. Yes, man, Soraya, man, and that stupid girl, meaning Tony Storm. Tony Storm just came out like a fucking star. I like her entrance. Soraya off the bat with the Karen treatment, yelling at Tony Storm. You need me more than I need you. You're nothing without me. Slapping Tony Storm around. Tony Storm was not gonna take it, and she started delivering some hard shots on Soraya. And for a moment, it looked like he was gonna be a like a f- less than five minute match the crowd i was surprised if tony storm was gonna pull it off i'm sure the crowd was gonna be surprised as well luckily it didn't happen we don't have squash matches here in aew except for that uh cm punk <laughs> and not like other companies as well that do it frequently but i'm glad the match lasted uh with ruby soho at ringside we knew something was gonna come into play um but not too much that it affected the match i, I like that ruby soho Got involved in the match, but not enough to ruin the match or to take it a different direction. I know there was hesitations from Soraya after Tony Storm exposed the lower torn buckle. Soraya was going to um, smash Tony Storm's head into it, and she paused. She froze. So, somewhere in there, Soraya still believes Tony Storm is her friend, but Soraya retained I like the match. I like the feud. This is not the last we've seen of these two. What about you, Brian? It was a good match. To me, I just think that Tony Storm should have won, but that's just me. Um, I know all the virgin neckbeards went wild during that kiss of Tony Storm on Soraya. And I was just like, bro, look at all them neckbeards in the front row. Just, oh my God. Oh, oh, I can't wait to Google this later. But yeah. Anyways, point of story being Soraya wins. I mean, Tony Storm is a good wrestler. Soraya, this I'm actually surprised. This is her best match in AEW by far. Adrian? Soraya did well in this singles match. Most of the other matches that she's had that she performed well were in multi-woman matches. Like the one in Revolution, the one in All In. Those were good, but they were multi-woman matches. But yeah, this was a good singles match from Soraya. I like it. Moving on. I do want to talk a little bit briefly about the MJF copy and pasting the Bret Hart commercial and gives the kid the scarf but then he tells him he's adopted because he's our scumbag right i wouldn't say i'm bred hard isn't that mean joe green from uh nfl and the coke bottle I just think it's funny because the Bret Hart did it first. But who did it before Bret Hart? I don't know, bro. Oh. I just know I just know it as the Bret Hart, bro. I don't watch football. <laughs> oh, you don't watch football? Oh, damn. WWE Marks don't watch football, but somehow they lost almost a million viewers on Monday. <clears throat> okay. So then we get into MJF versus the Samoan Joe. And this was a great match. We get to see the old fucking WWF bit from the 90s where they got him in a chokehold. The ref raises the baby face's arm and it falls and he does it again and it falls and he does it again and all of a sudden like halfway through he like gets the energy he gets popped up because he sees adam cole in front of him he's got five thousand neck beards chanting his name mjf mjf and he ends up fighting back fighting from under like a true baby face and then he goes full heel eddie guerrero style has to cheat to win he ends up wrapping his wrist tape around samoa joe's neck and he chokes him out and then the ref 
being such a fucking good ref, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do the arm thing, right? Where his arm's like pretty much, he's already knocked out. He just looks at him. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess he's out cold. But didn't that same thing happen with MJF earlier, bro? Yep. I saw it. You are correct. Maybe the ref was closer to MJF and he was Was breathing. Rick Knox the ref here too, bro? Fuck. Nah, it was somebody else. Damn, bro. Death by Lucha Libre referee all over this show. But either way, that's just a minor hiccup that I saw. This match was really good. I would not be surprised if we get to see this to be a six-star match in a couple days from Dave Meltzer. Nah, I don't, I don't see this as a six-star match. Um, It was a great match. Samoa Joe, powerhouse, you know, was not going to take MJF really serious. MJF wanted to choke out Samoa Joe because he mentioned it. He's been holding on to that grudge for eight years from that NXT moment. And MJF was not going to lose easily. He kicked out from every fucking move Samoa Joe put in front of him. And that's the man. He's a fighter he's a true champion he is not gonna give up easily like this you know not like other companies where you build them up really quick and then the following week they lose to a jobber were you talking about AEW right there or what you're getting triggered bro were you getting triggered bro mjf over here the true champion the true warrior that he is this is what i'm talking about if you're gonna build somebody like this make sure he puts the company and the belt on his shoulders and raise him up high because this guy is a true champion he's a he's a Wonder Kid 2024 cannot come any closer because there is going to be a bidding war for that man's signature. Can Paul Avegio McCall give him a sweet deal? I don't know. Can Tony Khan match that money or give him more? Who knows? But wherever MJF lands, best believe that the neckbeards who are talking shit about him will either love him in 2024 or keep hating on him in 2024. I'm just here for it. I like wrestling. I like all of wrestling. I like exposing marks. I-, I like the show. It's a great show and I can't wait to watch Rampage, man. It ended on a good note and MJF still the champion. So what would you rate this out of uh, five stars? What would you rate this, bro? Probably like 4.2. I would rate this to be 4.25 as well. Let us know in the comments what you would rate this main event of MJF versus Samoa Joe. Quick, before we move on to, did you see that when Adam Cole was coming out to motivate MJF, did you see when Adam Cole, like, I think he twisted his ankle on his way down or anything or something? Because he was limping throughout, like, the remainder of the match. It was, uh, I think because the stage is, like, was raised above other shit, he he hurt himself. That was a big-ass jump for that little man. Oh, shit. Uh, fuck. Yeah, and then, you know, Twitter be hot during uh, wrestling, during Dynamite, WWE Raw, SmackDown, NXT, all these events. But there was a lot of people that did not like a Ring of Honor title being defended in an AEW ring. I, I don't see the problem. That title's been defended quite a bit all over the TV. I mean, it's not just that one. Uh, we've seen the TV title. We've seen the tag titles being defended. Uh, it's not the first time that the Ring of Honor titles have been on AEW television. I know in the early, early, early days of this podcast, we mentioned that AEW had too many titles and, and all that stuff. But I mean, WWE's doing the exact same thing with NXT now at this point. It seems to be working with WWE for sure because NXT is pulling in some pretty big numbers, even though they're technically developmental. Technically? Or realistically? I mean, technically, they're developmental. Technically or realistically? Because Paul Levesque told Ariel Hawani that NXT was developmental and has not said otherwise ever since. Well, it's developmental. You know, we get to see uh, rougher stars like uh, people that need training. You know, Tiffany Stratton isn't a seasoned wrestling vet, but there's other people in there. They've been wrestling for years, dude. It's not like this is their first time. You know what I mean? Oh, I know it's not their first time. LA Knight 
mean, LA Knight was in NXT. Would you call him that he was a developmental? No, it's just that's where you go when you... He's in developmental. That's where Paul Levesque said NXT was. That's where it was created. Unless Paul Levesque tells me it's a third brand, then that's when I'll start calling it a third brand. I know these wrestlers that show up on NXT. They've been wrestling for years and years and years. Some of them even have 10 plus years of experience. Just sucks that for some reason... A lot of WWE fans, they don't believe that. They just say, oh, that's a nobody. Indie nobodies. They call people that they don't know, they call them indie nobodies. I don't know why, but I mean, I'm not going to get mad. If you don't know nothing about wrestling, I'm not going to sit here and be a mark and correct you. No, you have to know this person. You have to know that other person. What? You're not a fan of this person? I mean, you like what you like and you don't like what you don't like. This is true. You know, so one of the things I will, I do have some triggered energy for is that they're having the four-way title eliminator for the AEW tag team titles, right? And in that little four-way, there's a team called The Righteous, which I've only heard of them from Control Your narrative because one day i was like i'm gonna watch control your narrative and they were the first fucking team on there you watch cyn i did once i had to see it bro remember you don't remember this bro this was before the podcast this is year two bp for before podcast (laughs) i don't i don't remember seeing a few promos from EC3, but I never saw a show of CYN. Yeah, bro. If you haven't seen one, not just you, but the listeners, the Triggerinos out there, go watch it. Just watch. They're on YouTube, I think. And it's weird. It's like there's somebody narrating the entrances and then and then there's like words on the screen talking about like, I do this for battle. I do this because I want to. And it's fucking weird. It's really weird. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. His, uh, his 10 rules of things that are banned from, yep. No, it. not just that. It's just weird. It's like this mantra motto thing. But I could see why it's gone because it was weird. <laughs> but that is neither here nor there. Let's talk about The Rock coming back to probably main event WrestleMania 40 and take Cody Rhodes' spot. Adrian, what do you got to say about this whole shebang? As you know, and as the listeners know, I'm a Cody Mark. Loved Cody when he was in WWE. Loved him when he left WWE. Loved him in AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Indies, and still love him. I wouldn't say love him anymore. I mean, I still love him, but his uh his run has kind of irked me a little bit. But it's The Rock, man. I grew up watching The Rock in the Attitude Era. The Rock is literally my Bruno San Martino. The Rock is literally my Hollywood Hulk Hogan. He is my everything. I became a wrestling fan because I watched The Rock. For a summer, I tried to do the eyebrow thing and I couldn't do it until I finally got it. Now I do it all the time. I don't mind if The Rock takes over Cody Rhodes' spot. Yes, it's controversial. Yes, there's a few people that are going to be upset like Brandy Rhodes who said The Rock needs to stay in his place. This is Cody's moment. Could she be talking shit? I don't know. I don't care. That's her personal opinion. I know you usually like to talk about, you know, oh, these people are talking shit and they're working for the company. But Brandy Rose is not working for the company, for WWE, and she's still talking shit. But I don't care. The Rock is The Rock. And the money match is The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40. It sucks for Cody. Maybe he'll have to wait another year. Or maybe he'll go after Seth Rollins' participation title. I don't know, but to me, The Rock and Roman is the money match. Yeah, Cody's going to definitely go for the participation title. Um, That's on Raw. I just feel like he's not going to be the person to beat Roman Reigns. I know, speaking to our fans on the Facebook, a lot of them 
say that Roman Reigns is going to lose the title before WrestleMania and face off The Rock for uh, the tribal chief position at WrestleMania 40, which I actually like that idea uh, coming from our listeners. But before I get into that, I just want to say something from the deepest, darkest part of my heart. My daughter is eight years old. She's never seen The Rock in the ring. She knows The Rock from movies. She knows The Rock as Maui. She knows him as, as Hobbs from Fast and the Furious. What other movies is The Rock in? The fucking Game Plan? The Tooth Fairy. The Rundown. The Tooth Fairy. He was also in the second adaptation of G.I. Joe. Fuck G.I. Joe. Anyways, point of story being, she knows him from movies, so she popped for him when he came out, and she was like, oh my god, it's The Rock! But, like, it's crazy how this person, doesn't matter where they go, to wrestling, to movies, like, they just have that it power, and she's excited to see The Rock on SmackDown. She's excited to see him wrestle because she's never seen him before other than an old rerun of This Is Your Life with Mick Foley that I showed her once, you know? So this is exciting for me to have this moment with her because this is how he became famous. But uh, yeah, I'm excited that he's back, dude. I'm excited John Cena's back. We're going to see him here at WWE SmackDown on Sacramento pretty soon next week, I should say. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan for sure. Yeah, man. The Rock and Cena, the future of the business for 10 plus years. They're still keeping the fans active, still having pops here in WWE arenas. Fucking love it, man. All I know is that that rider strike is working wonders for the WWE right now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's really funny because I'll go ahead and expose myself today. There was a quote-unquote report that Batista is interested in returning to the WWE ring, but two days later, that rumor became false. So no, Batista is not returning to WWE anytime soon. His body can't take it anymore. And if you guys seen recent pictures of Batista, he does not look the same. My my man is aging, and it looks good on him, and if he wants to stay away, cool. I mean, he already did his thing here in WWE. Let him chill. Pretty sure he can't really take bumps anymore, so, I mean, I don't mind if Batista doesn't return. I'm cool with The Rock and Cena. Same, I'm cool with The Rock and Cena, too. Speaking of people that uh, aren't in the best shape currently, hold on a second. Uh, Triggered Wrestling, take 22, Keith Lee. That guy... I don't know what is going on with him in AEW, but I just feel like they're burying the fuck out of Keith Lee in the weirdest ways, like not even in the ring, just in promos. Remember that one time we talked about Orange Cassidy just treating him like a bitch? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think, you know, it was uh, Darby Allen. He's like, you used to be a, used oh, to be a former yeah, champion. Oh, it was Darby Allen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Darby Allen. And then it was Orange Cassidy, who's just like, he's like, I could beat him with anybody who's in the locker room right here. And it's literally fucking <laughs> just equal to King and, and Keith Lee just there, just, just random ass motherfucking guys that mean nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we get this take 22 bullshit where first, I mean, first of all. Bro, we've been at this podcast for six months now. We've been doing video work. I have never, eh, 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 ever forgot to cut something out like that. So is that on purpose, bro? Like, I don't understand. That I have no idea. Don't know if that was live. A lot of shit has happened live. No, that was not live. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know if if it was live. Okay. If it was live, why would the guy say take 22 and do the clapping Maybe they finally did it. I have no idea. 
know, my man. I forgot to edit it. But uh, I don't know about being bared, but yes, we do know Health Keith Lee has had a health scare recently. Well, not recently, but during COVID. He had heart inflammation from COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And then that gained his weight. He stopped taking care of his uh, hair dye and his hair. That can take a toll on some people. But with his career, that's a different story. Um, They probably don't have nothing for him at the moment, which is fine. Not everybody can get TV time. But if they're doing something with him now, this is not the thing to do with him. With uh, having the Take 22 or not really having anything creative-wise for him. But if they are, hopefully they do it recently because, yeah, I, I think the man is losing some fans. Yeah. So let's get into Raw now. We had a Cody Rhodes beating Dominic Mysterio. And my God, bro, Dominic Mysterio is the biggest heel in the business today. Was that with or without crowd noise? It don't matter, bro. Let's just say that they do out crowd noise, right? You can still see that there's a bunch of people booing. They even show a little girl covering her ears. So that's how you know that it is really fucking loud in there. Crowd noise or no crowd noise, there's still people booing. Damn. I would suck if it's just crowd noise, too, because, I mean, if the man's getting natural heat, just let the man have natural heat. Why do you have to add crowd noise, you know? If he's getting real natural heat, just have it be genuine and real. I mean, last week, there was a, a guy on Twitter exposed WWE for having crowd noise where you can clearly hear how they uh, volume down Dominic Mysterio's microphone and cranked out the, uh, the crowd noise button. Kind of um, kind of ridiculous, if you ask me, especially after that Keith Lee comment that you just made recently. How would that happen on national TV and people clearly catching it? Hmm. Bro, stop. It's nothing the same. And either way, that's a live TV, bro. Stop. Oh, so so why can't they get real good crowd noise in? I mean, if it's live TV, just let it be genuine and natural. I mean, I have no problem with heat. When people are calling you out for a company that's been doing the same thing for 30 years and they can't still get things right. I mean, I'm not going to make excuses for AEW for being a 40-year-old company and making a huge botch like that. I'm also not going to make an excuse for a 30-year-old company who's been doing live shows for 30 years and they still can't get their shit together. So AEW was in front of an empty-ass fucking stadium, bro. It's it's a stadium that fits like 17K people. They had 2,000 people in there and they made it sound loud as fuck, bro. So you're telling me that they had 2,000 loud-ass fans in there. So you mean it t- so, so bro, they can't get they, they can't get Exposed. They can't cut pre-recorded promos but they can do live shit on the spot <clears throat> i'm just saying <clears throat> they might really well. anyways moving on let's go to something that actually matters here i actually was a fan of these matches on wwe this week we had ivar and kofi kingston uh kofi kingston wins with trouble in paradise we had ricochet and shinsuke nakamura we'll get into the ending later no, no, hold on hold on hold on kofi and ivar i know you're gonna try to go a little fast you don't want me to expose you real quick but Ivar, when he did the moonsault flip from the third rope onto Kofi Kingston, Kofi Kingston kicked out in two. But then when Bronson Reed did it later on the night with Chad Gable, that was a one, two, three. Hmm. Same difference. Probably weighed about the same. Kofi Kingston took more damage from Ivar, but he kicked out and Gable couldn't. Gable can stand toe-to-toe with Gunther, but he can't against Bronson Reed? This does not make sense Bro, to me stop. at all. Bro, stop. First of all, Shawn Michaels used to kick me. That, that makes no sense. So now you're bringing up Shawn Michaels? Shawn Michaels? Shawn Michaels uses Sweet Chin music. So you're telling me that everybody kicks out from Sweet Chin, but when he does it, nobody kicks out? It doesn't make sense. Anyways, moving on. I just want to say that these were actually good fucking matches, bro. You always talk about WWE not putting good matches on there. Okay, then let's talk about Cody and Condom. It was a good match. It was short, but it was a good match. <laughs> They were just good matches. Ivar and Kofi Kingston was a good match. So was Ricochet and Shinsuke Nakamura. Were were they not good TV matches? Be honest. They were not. No. 
Damn, hating ass motherfucker. The only one that was good was was the uh, Kingston Ivar. I will say that Kingston and Ivar did steal the show. Shinsuke and Ricochet. The crowd kind of went to sleep. The camera was panning out to the crowd. The crowd wasn't really doing anything. Wasn't really excited or anything. Popping for anything. Ignore the crowd. Was the match good though? The match was not. Bro, we're watching two different matches, bro. Uh, apparently, because I'll tell you this: the first time Ricochet and Shinsuke they they delivered a decent match. This one, it was not. This one, it was mainly like, ah, I kick you. Step away for 10 seconds. Ah, I kick you again. Step away for another 10 seconds. And it's like, damn, this is this is a this is a downer from the match that we just seen. And, I, and then we have Nakamura and Ricochet, two guys that can deliver good matches. But for some reason, they didn't live up to the expectation of Kofi Kingston and Ibar. And you know me, I hate jobbers. Ibar, I could have hated this match with Ibar from the beginning. But now nah, I gave it a chance and I liked it. Wow. Anyways, you're a hater, bro. This match was good. I like the way that Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, the Ricochet match ended. Some disqualification where we actually get Ricochet. So he's a heel now? Uh, he just He's a baby face that has had enough of Shinsuke and his bullshit, bro. So he's a heel. He had- nah, he's a baby face. But you call Orange Cassidy a heel for doing the heel role out of the ring. But when Ricochet uses a chair on Shinsuke, he's not a heel? Nah, bro, because he just had enough of Shinsuke and his bullshit, bro. That's why. So Shinsuke gets into... So that's so, for example, was Eddie Guerrero a heel when he was cheating? Yes, he was a fucking jokingly heel. He was playing around. Yes, he's cheating. No, he was babyface. So you're telling me that MJF is a heel currently? Heels can be loved. I don't understand why some people can't agree with that. Heels are loved. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, like, technically, who's the bad guy? Is it Shinsuke or is it Ricochet? Shinsuke's the bad guy, but did Prince Puma hit Nakamura with the chair and cause a DQ? A heel okay. move? Well, I'm going to do, I'm going to ignore wrestling world. Is Batman a good guy or a bad guy, even though he kills people? Batman kills people? He's never killed anybody before? He's only killed the Joker. All right, so he killed the Joker. Does that make him a bad guy or a good guy? Yeah, that's going to make him the bad guy for killing the Joker. Nah, bro. Man, fuck you. <laughs> You're like, I mean, fucking... so what? Killing somebody's good now? This I mean, guy, I'm not going to defend Batman. Sudden, I mean, see, I'm not a mark. Guy. I'm not going to defend something that I disagree with. Damn. Anyways. I mean, you, you <laughs> call Orange Cassidy a heel for rolling out of the ring. I said he did a heel move okay, right. by doing that. Prince Puma did a heel move. Is he a heel now? <laughs> he did. No, he's <laughs> not. That's what bro. you asked me, so I can't ask you the same questions, bro? <laughs> What you're Come like asking? Come on, bro. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, a lot of our new listeners are not gonna know what we're talking about. But yeah, go back and listen. It might be on season two. I don't remember when it was. But either way, moving on, we get Chelsea Green and Piper Niven versus Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark, and the match ends because Nia Jax attacks everybody. Adrian, we gotta say Nia Jax. Um, I don't know how they're building her. I don't know if it's they're just building her as a new powerhouse, or they're giving her the Karma push. I don't know if a lot of you guys remember Karma when she. First appeared in WWE. She started laying out everybody. And weeks later, the women's division had enough of her, met her in the ring, and Karma just started crying. Could we potentially see the same thing here with Nia Jax? I personally don't think so. You know, especially after, you know, Nia Jax. If they want to build her as a powerhouse, she can't just lay down crying on the ring. But let me just say this. When Nia Jax did make her debut, there was some questionable, questionable spots that a lot of people pointed out. Mainly a former WWE wrestler called Stevie Richards. Nia Jax used that Yokozuna move on Rhea Ripley. She let go of the top rope, which means that Nia Jax's entire weight fell on top of Rhea Ripley. 
That was a dangerous move, dangerous spot. And when she did it this week against Shayna Baszler, she perfected it and she was a lot safer. And this is what I was talking about last week. We got to give people chances. We, we can't just ask people to get fired left and right. Nia Jax made a mistake. Easy mistake. People make mistakes. She corrected herself the following week. And I'm okay with that. Mistakes happen. You know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you get out of the ring. You don't deserve to be in the business. You're a botch fest. You're an injury prone wrestler. You injured everybody that you stand toe to toe with. But she corrected herself and hopefully she keeps on correcting herself throughout her run. I liked it. I like the way she's taking out women. What about you? I like that Ajax is back. And if she's out there hurting all these smaller people, making her look like a boss, then more power to her. But uh, yeah, I don't know. She's not injuring anybody. I mean, if she does injure somebody, I'm sure we'll hear about it. But up to right now, nobody's been hurt. So yep. So moving on. We briefly talked about Bronson Reed and Chad Gable, where Bronson Reed ends up winning with a little splash she does. Uh, I'm surprised that Chad Gable lost here. But I mean, it's cool to know that they're bringing Bronson Reed up to bat to Gunther here probably soon. Because uh, Bronson Reed's been, as you like to say, uh, lost in action. As I like to in say. Action. No, what do you say? What do you say? They're oh, lost I, in. I, I like to say what WWE fans like to say about people who are not on TV on a regular basis. I'm quoting the WWE marks, and the quote is lost in the shuffle. Well, anyways, he's not lost in the shuffle now. And then after that, we get to see a, a quick promo of Tommaso Ciampa. And it looks like he's actually going to be challenging Gunther next. So who knows what the hell's going on here with Bronson Reed winning. If this means that he's going to feud with Chad Gable now, who knows, bro. But moving on, Adrian, what, what is the next thing that happens? Let's talk about the next match. Oh, the next match. The match builds up with Becky Lynch coming out as a newly crowned NXT Women's World Champion and says that she's going to take this new title to new heights because because NXT is supposed to be for up-and-coming talent. There you go. The future of the business. Becky Lynch trying to put new talent over. And guess who answers the call? A rookie by the name of... Uh, hold on, hold on. I don't really know this woman's name. Uh, let me look it up real quick. Natalia? Natalia Hort? Hort? Shut the hell up, bro. Natalia Hort? <laughs> the future of the business. Natalia Hart. A rookie answers the challenge, but speaking of the writer's strike I, we were talking about earlier, Tommaso Ciampa said that once he got to the main roster, and I quote, he's going to play the long game, and you're going to sit in the back and wait until your number is called. But his number was never called, which is why now he's going after Gunther, something that he wants. Fast forward to Becky Lynch and Natalia. Natalia says... I busted my ass for 15 years and I took Rhea Ripley to her limits eight weeks ago. And now I'm tired of sitting in the back and now I'm taking what's mine. So you mean to tell me we have back to back promos that both wrestlers say, yes, I was stuck in the shuffle. I was lost in the shuffle and now I'm taking my chance. Now I'm inserting myself into a feud. Now I'm challenging for a world title. The writer's track is, is hurting WWE. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a cool match. Oh, hold on a second. Before we get into the match, I just want to say this. The reason why Natalia was put in this position is because she earned a lot of praise from the WWE higher-ups because of the superstar spectacle because Becky Lynch was unable to wrestle, so she ended up pulling double duty, hence why she got this title opportunity. Oh, fuck yeah. Did she win one of those matches? <laughs> no, she did not. <laughs> Anyways, I was going to say, did she win one of those matches that earned her this title shot? But I guess not. No, she did not. <laughs> 
But yes, this uh, this rookie Na- Natalia Natalia Hort. Yeah, the rookie Natalia Hort challenged Becky Lynch for the NXT Women's Championship, and it was a great match. Great eight minute and twenty match, pretty decent. You know, it sucks that in the past Natalia has been used as a stepping stone for other women just to roll over. But yeah, she stood her ground against Becky Lynch. I like the match. It was a good match. Of course, Natalia can always put good matches on, so we're not surprised about that. <clears throat> Next up, we get Giovanni Vinci versus. Tommaso Ciampa. Giovanni Vinci is going to lose here just by him being involved in any match. So Tommaso Ciampa ends up winning. Adrian, anything you want to say about this match before we get into the main event? Yeah, man. Tommaso Ciampa defeating Vinci. You know, Luguru Kaiser seemed pissed. Even Gunther, looking at getting backstage, he saw Tommaso Ciampa as a threat after defeating Vinci. I mean, everybody's been beating Vinci. I don't know how you could be a threat for Gunther if you're beating Vinci, if he's just a jobber, but somehow Gunther sees something in Ciampa that I don't see. Hopefully, he can deliver in their match later in the future. But I'm just going to say this. I'm not really an avid NXT watcher. So I haven't really seen Tommaso Ciampa's run in NXT. But I've heard of his matches with Joey Gargano and uh, several other stars. Um, but yeah, hopefully that man brings that NXT wrestling skills to the main roster. Because I want to see this guy. You want to see this guy? I want to see this guy wrestle Gunther in a good competitive match. Because that's what I like. Even if you lose... You're still going to look good as fuck in a competitive match. And it would suck if they bury him two weeks later like they're doing to Gable. Shit. I don't want to see Tommaso Ciampa, bro. Fuck that guy. He might be awesome, bro. But I don't know. It's just you got to build these people up a little bit more. Because otherwise, I just don't care about him. And it's the same problem I have with AEW. Isn't that how Gable got his title shot, though? Yeah, but at least he was on TV. He was feuding with a couple people. They won the feud, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, This yeah, guy's yeah. just been not even on TV. So that's, yeah, that's, right. that's my issue with that. Yeah, you're right. Speaking of people that have been on TV, we get the main event here. Drew McIntyre versus main event Jey Uso. During this match, Judgment Day comes out and is trying to recruit main event Jey Uso. And uh, he ends up telling them no. So he ends up getting distracted. Drew McIntyre picks up the win here. And then, uh, you know, after the match, Judgment Day ends up just jumping Jey Uso. And uh, McIntyre doesn't do anything, dude. He just stares at this guy getting jumped. And then Cody Rhodes comes out to make the save adrian what is this is this drew mcintyre going full on heel right here it could be so or it could just be that hey that guy right there fucked me up and his family cost my chance at being the wwe undisputed champion so forget jay uso i'm just gonna sit there and watch or just go to the back because i don't care if he gets his ass beat i've confronted him numerous times i haven't forgotten what he did to me him and his family have done to me and he's right jay uso has stepped on a lot of toes in the wwe raw locker room throughout the entire show there was numerous segments with jay uso uh sammy zang kevin owens cody rhodes some people are on his side some people don't so like we were talking about last week there's a lot of stories for jay uso and this could potentially be one for him a feud with drew mcintyre can solidify his main event status true but i mean either way you know jay uso fighting anybody is a fresh match because there's drew mcintyre there's anybody in judgment day there's so yeah. many matches that this guy can have yeah and then the usos have been teaming forever and then it's single matches i don't think i've seen enough single matches of both of them so like you said this is fresh singles matches for jay uso and jimmy uso up in smackdown as well too do you like that story where cody rhodes and zami zan are trying to convince kevin owens and possibly the entire raw locker room that jay uso is a changed man i mean to add some some sort of uh 
dimension to this because obviously Jey Uso is part of the bloodline storyline and it's, you know, come to Raw now. So uh, is he a changed man? I guess we will see, but uh, I feel like uh, we won't find out until possibly Survivor Series. Yeah, I know. I'm liking the story. I'm liking where this is going. Um, Yes, Jimmy Uso did step on a lot of toes, but, you know, Zami Zayn saw the good in him. Cody Rhodes saw the good in him. Um, Judgment Day didn't care whether it was good or bad as long as he joined the family ranks, quote unquote. Um, But yeah, man, Jimmy Uso just told him no. Super kicked all three of them. Um, (laughs) And did you see when they started jumping in, Cody Rhodes came to the rescue and laid out the entire Dark Order from Wish Faction? That fool came in with the entire fury of the United States of America on their asses, bro. Fuck yeah, he came out with Super Saiyan mode when he laid out 20 security cards when he was feeding with Brock Lesnar. Speaking of Dragon Ball Z, bro, <laughs> did you see that meme because of uh, AEW? I don't remember if it was Dynamite or Collision. Just it being was Collision. Empty. It was Collision. Yeah. It was a uh, fucking Goku and Vegeta. <laughs> Let's like, go fight somewhere Let's empty. Fight s- <laughs> Let's go fight somewhere empty. <laughs> Did you see that? That the hard camp side is going to be opening a <laughs> Spirit Halloween store too? <laughs> oh, shit. Yes. And this, you know, that's funny. It's like me. I, obviously, if you guys are fellow listeners of the podcast, I'm the AW guy. And I find this shit funny because it is funny. You know, there's fans out there that don't know how to take a joke. And just learn to take a chill pill, my guy. Jokes are funny. Memes are funny. Learn to take a joke because that shit was hilarious. That yeah, was funny, man. But if you're enjoying our content, don't be afraid to hit the like button and let us know, please, because it helps us out immensely. So thank you so much for for doing all that for us this time around. Yeah, Brian, I know you were mentioning uh, Mick Foley and your daughter. You were showing her a video of the family and life of Mick Foley and The Rock. Yeah, remember the this yeah. this is your life. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that Barrio Tour is here in Sacramento, California. In the Roseville area, there's going to be a meet and greet with the legend Mick Foley himself on Friday, October 6th. Buy your tickets on Eventbrite or in-store only if you're in the Sacramento area or if you're from out of town, you can fly in and meet Mick Foley or he can just come to a town near you. VIP tickets are sold out. Only tickets available are autograph, photo opportunity, and the combo. But yeah, sadly, the VIP is gone. So, uh, the, you know, those VIPs are getting something really special. I'm not going to announce it right now, but uh, I'll wait till Demo from Barrio Toys puts it up. But yeah, definitely go over there. Check them out. Check us out, too. And also, um, Tommy Dreamer, is he going to be uh, making an SPW debut? Tommy Dreamer is going to be defending the Impact Digital Championship at SPW October 15th, I want to say. Uh, so he'll be at the Halloween show. What is it? Spooks Friday? and Halloween tights, I think yes, the show's yeah, called. Yeah, it is October 15th, the third Sunday of every month. Yep, yep, yep. And overall, Brian, wrestling-wise, story-wise, how was wrestling this week? I, I liked it. There were some good, some lows, but overall... I liked it. I mean, yes, I, I don't like as much matches as you do on WWE, but it was still a good overall show for both companies. NXT putting up big numbers. They're having uh, No Mercy coming up as well too that's gonna be a good one that is gonna be a good one you know i'm a happy camper if you include smackdown the return of the rock out of five stars so far i'm gonna give this wrestling week a solid four four out of five stars for the wrestling week yep i don't know i'm just if the rock really is gonna come back man i feel boy it's gonna be a happy fellow 
Yep, and make sure you follow us on our social medias at Triggered Wrestling, and then on X, we are Trig, T-R-I-G-G underscore wrestling. Give us a follow, por favor, we appreciate it. Yeah, and if you guys ever want us to say our top five matches of all time, top five wrestlers of all time, top five female wrestlers of all time, any top five list, just hit us up on our socials, DM us as well. We're here to talk to the fans. Um, This past week, we were talking to a lot of fans on Facebook, met a lot of new friends, new followers. It's great, man. Yeah, let's keep this momentum going into the holiday season, which to me officially begins for Halloween. Well, actually now, as soon as Halloween shit goes on the stores, bro, I'm officially in holiday season and it's spooky season here at Triggered Wrestling. But yeah, this is our show. If you like it, like Brian said, please give us a comment, follow, and subscribe as well. We are Triggered Wrestling. I'm Tortu, a.k.a. Adrian. I'm with Brian, guys. Most importantly, stay triggered. Bang, bang. <laughs>